0: even if I had to uh, reduce a couple of gifts um, of people in my career if I had to bless them yeah. don't.
1: or deny myself
0: don't. oh I ain't talking about her I'm talking about daughter too she know what I'm talking about she knows what I'm talking about too. John's got some jabs she'll get hers huh? <laughs> huh? jabs jabs no. Text. Text. I told you the old guy, you know, I out of dead Wait, Text. 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 Text.
1: Text. Text. This is my text. Text. Text.
0: Text. Text.
1: Text. 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 Text.
0: Text. 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 James chapter 5. Did I not just say that? Amen. Uh, Somebody told me, oh, people can get away with
1: things.
0: And the military says, your final order, your last order, was James chapter 5.
1: You can't see yes, he has. It's been great.
0: James chapter 5, verse number 13. right here. Right. many among you afflicted. Let him pray. Is any Mary? Let him sing songs. the neighbor of God, yeah. the holy spirit our i've done how to have Those of you who pushed and pressed yes, your way over those 21 days of prayer, thank you so much. And then those of you who couldn't make it, but I know you were at home uh, praying, amen, or work praying. Thank you so much for a okay. with it's, us during this time of, of prayer, feet. amen. Uh, as we enter into the, the month of mm-hmm. December, we don't
1: have any more Wednesday night services so until it's the first money. of the year, money. so you can have a break. You're even for the other day services, people have a break. We'll just gather no. no. here on Sunday morning and then for your meetings
0: and rehearsals. How long you walk with him, how faithful you follow, how active you are in ministry, you're going to experience some ups and downs. So, James says that the afflicted are depressed. And those that are joyful, or those that are, are merry, are to say something. Sometimes we we get up in a service such as this and we say to people, sit up and smile. Stand up and shout. Come on, clap and celebrate. But on any given Sunday in every congregation there are people who are really burdened. Beaten and broken. And as we look around on any given Sunday, you can see different faces. You can see people, but what you see is you see their clothing. What God sees there, their pain. And on any given Sunday, there are people in the crowd who are really going through a difficult time. As you look around, you might see a man who has plethora of bills and just lost his job. A woman who works in home health care, caring for patients. She's overworked and underpaid. She's weary and tired. There's a businessman whose partner has just burnt him and embezzled money and left him in a bad situation. Then there's that parent that has cried and worried all week long about a rebellious, runaway teenager. And then there's that child who's been bullied all week and not looking forward to going to school that following Monday knowing that that same bully will be there. And then over the weekend knowing that they family will have much to eat until they get back to school. And we ask these people to stand up and smile. We ask them to stand up and shout. But you really don't have to sit up and smile and put on front when you are really going through a difficult situation. James says, the afflicted are to pray. The very are to save songs."
1: Some people go to
0: church and they try to work up Lady Lakedra this enthusiasm, and they try to stir themselves up. But, But we really ought to have great passion before we even get to church. Our hearts ought to be already in a place where we're ready to give God praise. Matter of fact, Scripture says we ought to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We ought to come into his courts with, with praise. And then the Bible reminds us that this is the day the Lord has made. And I ought to be glad and rejoice in it. And then the weeping prophet says that when I get up every morning, and I know this is the day he's made, but I also know that he has met me with brand new mercies, I ought to have some rejoicing
1: in my heart.
0: But that rejoicing ought to be genuine rejoicing but we don't need to come to church and put on a false front when we are down I wish I had somebody here, and James helps us today because I want to say a word to those of you who feel somewhat guilty when we up here are saying to you, come on, celebrate, stand up, and shout, and you're really not feeling it because of what you've been dealing with, not just this week, but this year or the last few years, and we don't really know what you're going through. I don't want you to feel guilty because you're not a clapping and shouting and rejoicing and singing like other people in the room. Because the Bible says those that are afflicted, those who are suffering,
1: those who are down need to pray. I wish I
0: had somebody here. Listen, he says, when you are down, he says, pray. James is writing to believers who are facing difficult times. Their troubles range from personal trials to to, to some severe doubt from persecution for following Christ, the danger of spiritual pride. James wrote to encourage these brothers and sisters in their faith. He writes to help them deal with both their blessings and their burdens, because in this life, we're going to have some ups and some downs. Whether you are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 70, 80, female or male, black or white, we all have discovered that life can deal you a Boston and at times a hand where you can't even be bored. That's just the way life is. Paul Jones put it like this. Uh, In this life, you're going to have some good days and some weary days. This life is one of blessings and burdens. James helps us so we don't become angry when we're down. And we don't become arrogant when we're up. So James, uh, James says, when you are down, you need to do what? We're going to all get it okay,
1: in a minute. James pray. says, when you
0: are down, you need to pray. pray. You need to pray. He you says, Is any among that. you afflicted?
1: That is, to, are you God,
0: undergoing God, any God. hardship, uh, suffering persecution, uh, experiencing severe disappointment, uh, so. death, persecution, oh, failing God. health, the loss of property, oh, some major setback in your life? Uh, he says, Let them pray. Now, in verse 14, he says, call for the elders. But in verse 13, he says, you pray. He says, before this you start calling crying. everybody else to pray for you and pray with you, he says, when you are down, your first response needs yeah, yeah. to be to pray.
1: Yeah, yeah. Call
0: me before you call your prayer partner. Yeah. Call me before you call your deacon call me before you call your pastor, your mama, your sister, your brother. The Lord is saying, when you are down, call me first. Talk to me first. There are many responses, Jack, to suffering. Some of us work. Some of us seek revenge against those who have caused us some suffering. Some of us get angry. Others of us Uh, indulge in self-pity, some begin to complain and to grumble, but James says the correct response to suffering uh, is to keep praying about uh, what you're dealing with. Psalm 50 and 15, Psalmist David says, and call upon, the Lord says, call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me Psalm 91 and 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Now, this is not necessarily a prayer for deliverance from trouble, but for the patience and strength to endure what you have to endure. That's what James says in James chapter 1. James says, when you fall, into diverse temptations. He says, don't start having a pity party. Don't start complaining. Don't start crying. Don't start grumbling. Don't become angry. He says, but when you fall into diverse temptations, count it all joy. He says, let your joy lead out. That word count in the Greek, it has to do with the word that, that means governor or chief. He says, let your joy be chief. Let your joy rule. Let your joy be the governor. Let your joy be the one to lead out. He says, "Count it all joy," and he says, "Don't be praying about Lord, hurry up, get me out of this." But he says, "Let let let let, let patience have its perfect work." And he says, "Let faith do what it's supposed to do. Let patience do what it's supposed to do, and let this whatever you're going through, let God do whatever." What he's got to do in you to control you. So- Of anything, and then he gets to chapter one, around man, verse twelve, wait, and he says, "Blessed is the man, the no, woman no, who endures temptation, who endures these trials, because you're going to be rewarded and receive a crown of life." So it's not a prayer of deliverance, "Lord, get me out," but God, give me the patience and the strength I need to endure what I've got to endure. Because if the truth be told, some of the stuff that we're going have to deal with uh, will not be over in a couple hours. It won't be over in a year. It may if somebody in me can testify that whatever you've been dealing with, you've been dealing with it for some long
1: time.
0: So I need the strength and the patience so I can keep on pushing and, and pressing my way. That's Listen, insane. the response for the person in pain is what? To pray. Now some of y'all might disagree with me on this, but I'm talking Bible. I don't know you might be talking something else, but here the response of the person in pain wasn't always supposed to be counseling. God, but
1: the response of the person in pain
0: supposed to be, run and get your counsel. But see, we have gotten so caught up that that's what we want in this western world. More more than often, what we need to do is to get along with God and see what God says about what's happening. Now, Now, there's a time for you to get a counselor. There's time to have many counselors. But there's a time, and then there's a time to have a shoulder to weep on. But clearly, that is what's in the Bible, is this, is that those times will come. But whenever you are down, he says your first response needs to be to pray. I wish y'all would hear me. That is, to get along with God. Pour out your heart. I'm talking about fervently pray. Pour out your heart to God. Tell God how you feel. What's going on? Ask God what's happening. Listen, you got to get alone with God because if you take your issues and your trials to your Maker, I can tell you He will answer you and He will give you His perspective on the situation. And you know really that's what prayer is? Prayer Prayer is, it's really, Sam, a time of me coming to God, and and we talk about prayer changes things. True. We talk about prayer changes people. True. But prayer changes also our perspective. Uh, All right our poor perspective with God's proper perspective. In one sense, prayer is neither to inform God (laughs) nor change God. (laughs) It is primarily focused on to exchange my poor perspective with his divine perspective. I'm not suggesting that prayer doesn't change the outcome. Because we looked throughout scripture, Dr. Allen, and men prayed and God moved. I, I'm suggesting that the, the, the first change that occurs is the one that happens inside of the heart of the person that's praying. Because I've had to deal with some things personally in life. And, and I had to go to God because I really didn't understand what was happening. But as I began, Cheryl, to talk to him God began to give me his view and his perspective and let me know what was really going on and what needed to happen in me personally. I wish I had somebody here. Listen, listen, listen. Don't allow your down times in life to mess with your mind, to get you to thinking that God doesn't love you or that your hard times are a result of of you not being faithful to God and you stop coming to church, you stop serving, you stop praying. I know some people who love God, and who are faithful to God, who worship and trust God, and they've had some serious down times in life. Tell your name I'm one of them. They've had some serious down times in life. They've gone through some deep, dark valleys, and it seems like when they come out of that valley, they encounter a storm one thing after another, yet they don't stop coming, they don't stop serving, they don't stop worshiping, they don't stop praying, because they understand that every day is not going to be a good day, you will have some ups and some downs, you will have some setbacks, and you need a faith that will sustain you when you are You need a faith that will sustain you, Shaka, when you are down. Him and me, me, Larry. You need a faith that will sustain you when life shakes you to the core. When life pulls the rug out from above you, you're going to need a faith that will help you hold on and hang in and not give up, give in, and give out. Reality... I'm going to have some hard time, some difficult days, some crazy, I don't understand the circumstances. And the question is, will I trust God? That's the question. Will I trust God or will I let my conditions color the way I look at God? Will I begin to look at God through through these glasses of my conditions or will I begin to look at God from what he says about himself in his word and what I've experienced in my own life? Is God good because circumstances are good? Because my health is good, my home life is good, uh, my family is good, my finance is good, uh, or is God good regardless of what I'm going through? James says to us, when you are bound, call on the one who has been consistent in your life. Call on the one who has been dependable, who has been loyal, who has been faithful, who has been trustworthy. Continue to trust in the one you did when you were up. Yeah. You trusted him when you were up. Yeah. Trust him now that you're down. Yeah. You, 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 you believed that he was able to do anything but fail when you were up. Yeah. Believe it now that you're down. You, 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 you felt it when you were in your 20s. You were able to sprint. You had a glide in your side. I think, uh, but now in your 60s, 70s, uh, maybe even your 50s, you can't do what you used to do, and now you've got to question God uh, about your health. But you're looking at you trusted Him uh, with everything was fit, firm, and fine, and tight, and right. Uh, trust Him now, then it ain't where it used to be. I wish I had somebody. Remove affliction if it's God's will. Prayer can remove affliction if it's God's will, but prayer can also give us the grace we need. To endure the troubles. Listen, you remember, you remember, it was was Paul who prayed. It was Paul who prayed about that thorn in his flesh. And Paul said, I asked three times for him to remove this thorn. But Paul says, the Lord said, no. But Paul, what I'm going to give you is I'm not going to remove the child, but I'm going to give you more grace. I will give you grace that is sufficient. Grace that is going to help you. And when you discover you are weak, that's really when you are strong. Our Lord prayed in the garden of Gethsemane that the covenant be removed and it was not removed yet the father gave him the strength he needed to go to the cross endure the pain and the suffering and to die for our sins he may not remove your trial but through prayer he will give you the strength and the grace and the patience and the power you need to endure stuff you never five witnesses. No, six time will be one. God will give you the strength. If there anybody in here? I mean, you've been through some painful stuff. I ain't talking about anything entirely in my own or an can to take care of, but I'm talking about some heart-crushing,
1: heart-breaking, heart-ripping
0: trauma in your life. But it's through prayer that the only reason you're still able to stand and you're still able to keep on going Grazie. Just met the future love of their life.
1: They, they just landed the best
0: job they could ever imagine. They, they just moved into their <coughs> dream home and they're,
1: they're up. Uh.
0: Some have just seen God break them free from the chains of, of addiction and they are uh, uh. They just seen God restore their marriage that was headed for divorce court and they are. Uh, they're up they, they just seeing a loved one that got saved and others have just retired and they're enjoying life and living life to its fullest so he says when you are up you are a prince. because many of us know how to live without but many don't know how to live with plenty we, we know Growing up, we knew how to live with little. We knew how to take holy jeans and make make shorts. We knew how to take jeans that were too too, too, too short, and too little for us, and pass them down to the next child. And then we got too little for that child, and you cut them off and made some shorts. You're not flooding, boy. You just need to make some some shorts.
1: We knew how to take jelly jars and turn them
0: into glasses and got a whole set up now. Great jelly jars. We, we know how
1: to live. We knew how
0: to take a sock that had a hole in it and put a light bulb in it and sew that go back together. We knew how to live.
1: We knew. How to live. We knew
0: how to take leftovers and make some kind of goulash or some kind of stew or some kind of... You, we call it, they call it stir-fry right now, but we, we, we created stir-fry, and that's so We know everything and put it in that dish We know how to live with a little. But James says, i got to let you know, keep on remembering who it is that it, it, who's made it possible for you to be up." a... got to learn how to live with plenty. Okay. That's, what, that's what Moses had what to remind the children of Israel. Right In Deuteronomy okay. chapter 6, he says, when y'all sit down at the table, talk about the Lord. When you lie down at night, talk about the Lord. When you get up
1: in the morning,
0: remember the Lord. When you walk by the way, remember the Lord. He says, you need to remember the Lord. He says, because he's taking you somewhere.
1: Yes, sir.
0: And then I don't want y'all, he says, he says, he says it like this. He says, uh, he says, don't forget who it is that has brought you. He says, when you get into these uh, great and goodly cities which the Lord built, when you get into these houses filled with good things that you didn't put in there, wells that you begin to drink from that you didn't need, vineyards and olive trees that you didn't plant that you get to eat from. And be full. He says, he says, what you need to do is beware lest you forget the Lord which brought you out of the land of Egypt and from the house abundance. What he really said, he says, you got to remember where you used to be, and where you are now. And when you look at where you used to be and where you are now." now, don't get arrogant and act like you made it on your own. He says, when you get in that house that God, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be living in. When you get to driving, what you driving up? If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be driving in. And when you get that child, that career that you always wanted, and God opened that door and elevated you to a place that you know you couldn't get to on your own, he says, don't you forget about God who brought you to where you are. He says, so when you die, pray. But when you act, give him some praise. It's the same thing that Agar prays in Proverbs 37 through 9. Agar says it like this. He says, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. He says, the reason I want you to just give me my daily bread and give me food that's convenient for me. He said, lest I be full and deny thee and say who is, who is the Lord. He says, Lord, he said, I know me. He says, I want you, he said, don't don't make me poor and don't make me too rich. He says, keep me right here. He said, lest I get to the place where I forget about you and start acting like I don't know who you are. So when he's saying to us, when you are up, James said, if you are, if, you're, if life has you on a high right now, if you walking around talking about you living your best life and your life is golden, and if you feel like for real that you're in a room without a roof, you need to recognize whose hand made it possible for, for you to do what you're doing and live like you're living. I I somebody here You have something to sing about. You ought to be, there ought to be a song of rejoicing in your heart when you realize that it was God.
1: There should be shouts
0: of joy. When God breaks open a new moment of joy in your life, there ought to be a shout of joy. Somebody here. Yes, sir, I've had my good days and my bad days, but the song goes on to say, I've had more good days than I've had bad days. Wait, well, yeah, I've had more good days. I've had my share of disappointments. I've had my setbacks. I've had my teary days. I've had my sleepless nights, but let the truth be told, I've had more good days than I've had bad days. Oh, I had somebody here. Because what i discovered, it's this life, the Lord will give us hours of suffering, but he will give us Thank days oh, of, of rejoicing. The Lord God. will allow us to suffer okay, and go wor- through I'm things, I'm but is there anybody I'm in here praying. that can testify that I've had more days filled with joy than I have with pain. I've had more days of laughter than I've had of sorrow. I wish I had a prayer around here. Tell the name of You ought to be singing, you ought to be shouting, you ought to be celebrating. But the problem is with some of us uh, is we don't realize uh, how good God has been to us uh, and how the Lord has really blessed us. Uh, In other words, uh, you only get happy and joyful and shout about uh, those things to you that seem to be spectacular, those things that are just, whoo, that just blow you away, kind of blessed Don't forget to praise Him. First Chronicles 29. David says, "God, who are we, and who
1: are these people
0: that we're able to give to you so freely and willingly
1: with a joyful?"
0: what your hand has given to us. So whatever I have in life, wherever I am, it was his hand. It was his hand. You want to just look back on your life, it was his hand. It's his hand, it's his hand, it's his, it's his hand. At that time, I tell you the story of my life, it's been his hand. It's been His hand. It's been His hand. It's been His hand. It's been. It's, it's been His hand. It's been His. Whoa! Glory! Praise! Right. Thank the Lord. Oh, glory, glory!
1: It's
0: been His hand. Oh. Nothing we've done so good, so great. It's not our education, it's not our ingenuity, our creativity, our natural talents and abilities. His hand. His hand. Every door that's been open in your life. His hand. Every victory that's ever been won. His hand. Every door that's been closed. Protected you from it. You didn't need to walk through His hand. Every downtime in your life,
1: when you were ready to give up and
0: throw in the towel, but yet it was His hand that undergirded you. They pray for themselves. You ought to pray every time you come in this place. Because you don't know what your neighbor is going through. Because we see their spot. in the midst of both, whether you're up whether you're down, guess what he's doing? Helping you. Yes, sir. He's helping you. He is constant. Trust him in the uptime, trust him now. Getting up, when he gets to verse number six, there's that word of confidence, praise. When he seems to look back over his life, I've been by green past to still waters. I've gone down some paths. You restored me. But I got to that valley, that shadow of
1: death. didn't
0: feel no evil because he was with me, he walked with me. He came out of battle, had to deal with the enemies, but he showed me that he he could prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And and going to my head, and my cup
1: started running. He
0: he, he looked back on his shoulder and said, You know what? After all I've been through, one thing I know for sure, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house